everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, catching up on news edition. Yes, we've got a another mini summer break on our hands, where, of course, with the Russian Grand Prix being cancelled, it means that we've got uh, this uh, period of time to reflect on just how bad Ferrari are. No, it's not just about this. Don't worry. There has been uh, some news that we're going to uh, take a look at. And of course, joining me in the wonderful WTF1 podcast arena is Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder. Hello. Oh, they didn't quite didn't quite match the same energy. No, Tommy, but it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll hype you up and you just <laughs> you do you. Uh, but welcome, Tommy. How are you? How are you doing, mate? You good? I'm good. Yeah, it's it's going to be weird having essentially a summer break again. It's a little bit shorter than the the summer break, but we're not expecting. Well, if we have the same craziness as the last, the proper summer break, then we'll be fine. But I feel like this one's going to be a bit, a bit quieter. Yes. Uh, so let's dive into our first bit of news that we've got, and it's around the Alpine driver test. So of course, Alpine have. Not exactly got the best reputation right now. Uh, they've managed to ruin their future, present, and f- wait, what did I say? Pa- past, present, and future driver lineups yep. uh, all in the space of around a couple of months. So Alpine are now having to do this kind of arrive and drive session uh, <laughs> at the Hungaro Ring uh, this month. Uh, they've got a number of drivers lined up for it. Uh, and some of those include Antonio Giovinazzi, Jack Doohan. Nick DeVries, Colton Herta. Now, those are the four that we've got down. Do we expect any more than that, Tommy? Or is that the They're the ones that in? we've kind of heard is happening. It's all a bit, it's all a bit secretive. Um, I think they're missing a big chance to do a big marketing stunt. Oh. I was, th- was going to say, like, stream it on YouTube or something, and it'd be like a... X factor for Alpine F1C and everyone drives around and tries to do the fastest lap possible and whoever's fastest at the end of the day gets the seat. That would be cool. That would actually bang. imagine like imagine how many people would watch that in a little break. Alpine. Get Simon Cow involved. I'll be your Simon Cow. Yeah. Oh, will you? Yeah, okay. I will. Well, let's my idea. <laughs> uh, technically, I have driven a Renault Formula One car branded yeah. earlier on uh, in this uh, WTF1 journey. So I, I've got some experience as well of how to go relatively slow around half of Silverstone. So uh, lots of experience that can be shared there. But yeah, Giovinazzi, Dewan, De Vries and Herta. When you look at that lineup, it's very... Um... It's not It's not Fernando Alonso, Oscar Piastri, <laughs> no. is it? Finally, but... Alpine have admitted there. Mid. <laughs> <laughs> God's sake. F1 Twitter has hit yeah. the podcast. No, it's... Out of that lineup, De Vries is probably the most exciting now, which is something I did not expect to say before Monza. But of course, he did an incredible job in that Williams, uh, outperformed everybody's expectations of him turning up in the car. We were all discussing, oh, maybe he'll beat Latifi. We certainly did not expect him to score points on his debut, uh, but managed it. Of course, Monza being a track that's great for the Williams with uh, the rocket ship that they uh, they tend to run for the, for the setup of that car, even though Latifi says there's absolutely no way of overtaking in that Williams. Uh, oh, God, yeah, I saw that excuse. He can defend but not attack in the Williams. I'm like, well, why don't you qualify better then? You know? but And he did. He was 10th. What happened? Yeah. We like that. We like that. Latifi's <laughs> slander making its way into this part. <laughs> Does like his Nutella, though. Yeah. <laughs> 
does indeed. <laughs> he does indeed, Tommy. Uh, so yeah, DeVries. I don't even know who's going to be the, believe the, front, the front runner for this because like, Jack Doohan's obviously there. What was he? The res- like he's he's now the essentially driver. next in line uh, in terms of the Alpine Driver Academy, which means they won't promote him. Uh, because I, I, I don't know if you saw, I saw an article on the race where uh, there was an interview with someone from Alpine and they were like, yeah, we're keen to put uh, Dewan in at some point, uh, but we'd much rather him go to like Williams or something first. And I'm like, wow, you've learned nothing from the Piastri thing then. Brilliant. Uh, just they, Alpine they being They seem Alpine. unwilling to roll the dice, don't they? Uh, with and they've drivers. got Ocon. They've got Ocon yeah. who's meant to be the, the guy that's on a big multi-year contract that is quite experienced now he's not a new driver so surely the second seat and this lineup as well which makes it even more embarrassing that they've managed to lose fernando alonso and piastri just shows that alpine are you know i was joking about them being mid but they are like they're a midfield team they shouldn't be a midfield team because look at all the other manufacturers and how well they're doing um and like this whole new Hybrid era essentially was is such a great thing for the uh, manufacturers and look at the the gap that Ferrari and like the Mercedes have had over the rest of the midfield. They should be doing well, and this is you look at this lineup and you go, yeah, this is more like what Alpine should have as a driver lineup, like midfield kind of drivers. Like I cannot believe, obviously. Nick DeVries is absolutely brilliant at Monza, but it says a lot that he is now, you look at that list and go, yeah, DeVries is, is your best shout. I can't, can't believe we'd have been saying that two weeks ago. But no. it is, it, he is the best shot, in my opinion, for that seat. You've got Giovinazzi, who, in my opinion, he had his chance to shine and he didn't. Yeah, let's break it down. Gio, first and foremost. Lovely guy. Uh, I do, you know, highly. I highly rate him as a human being. Yeah, should have absolutely However, smashed a ninety-year-old Kimi Raikkonen. It couldn't be yeah, asked. I mean, yeah. Kimi Raikkonen is rocking up to most Grand Prix, just having a great little Sunday drive, and then probably getting on the lash Sunday night. That's that's Kimi Raikkonen absolutely all over at the end of his career. The fact that Gio was not destroying him as a young upcoming talent just just tells you tells you everything you need to know about where Geo's ceiling of potential is for me personally. Yeah. Um I, I think it would be a very underwhelming signing if Alpine decided to go with with Giovinazzi. Uh then you've got Jack Doohan, who hasn't set Formula Two alight. He has done reasonably well in his rookie season, but again, he's not an Oscar Piastri. He's not dominating every single junior formula up until this point that you go, yeah, you've got to sign him. So that in my opinion is is one risk. Nick DeVries He's had a great first outing at Monza. You can't guarantee that that's going to be what he delivers week in, week out, though. As much as, you know, we can say great performance, but that's not exactly a huge a huge bank of experience that you can just go off and go, yeah, yeah. DeVries is going to be able to develop the car. He's going to be able to work with potentially an Alpine that's not a rocket ship and, it had, you know, there's much more uh, to it than the Williams and, and whatever. But probably the favorite and then you've got colton herter which is another completely, completely unproven risk yeah and yeah unproven obviously a seven-time indycar race winner i believe doesn't have enough super license points i don't know what the uh, latest in that saga is it's not going to happen by the sound of it that they're not going to allow him to 
to do it. Colin Hurt to me screams that they're getting him in and it's almost like a way for them to kind of one up McLaren and go, huh, well, we got Herter in the end uh, if they if they get him. It's not... It's not a fair trade, Yeah, is it? it's not. I do, I do think Herter has potential and I, I personally think that he should be allowed uh, to drive in Formula 1. I think the super license points are ridiculous, especially I've seen a lot of things where if you actually take the results away in oval racing, which you could argue is not really relevant to the IndyCar champ, uh, sorry, to a Formula One seat, uh, the oval side of IndyCar, then Colton Hurt's positions in the championship would have actually got him enough super license points. So, So that kind of shows that he's more that kind of specialist there. Um. And I think he, I would like to see him in Formula One and see how he does. But for Alpine, it's a massive risk. Um, De Vries seems like the best option, like you say. Dewan for me is too early as well. Um, he's in his first full year of Formula Two. And he's definitely, I think he's peaking at quite a good time, really. If you look at kind of from Hungary, he finished first, retired in the sprint, uh, second first, and then. Um, he also had a pole at Monza, but that didn't go to plan. So he is doing well, but like you say, it's not a Piastri way to go, oh my God, get this guy mm. in F1 now. But Alpine have shown that even if you do have a guy in your seat that goes, oh my God, get this guy in F1 now, they'll go, no, um, uh, give us four years to decide. And then we'll probably just hire some midfield driver instead. But brilliant. I mean, it's a weird predicament that, they, that Alpine almost got hung up on Alonso that they forgot about the talent that's coming through a little bit, I'd say, because Ocon they've obviously committed to. Alonso they didn't want to give too many years to, but also wanted to keep him on until Piastri was ready. But then you think these are, like especially Alonso, such a huge ego that you think that Fernando's just going to sit around and have a one-year contract like Bottas did at Mercedes and just accept it. No. He's too big for that. He's shown how good he is this year as well. Mm. It's it's mad that... Uh, I don't... People think that I kind of hate Ocon, which I don't. I think he's a capable driver and I think he's a good driver. I don't think he's ever going to be top tier in my opinion. Not top ten in my book, but um, <laughs> but oh no, I think, if you I'd say edges no, no, he, is, he, is, he is edges of top ten. I was just bantering. <laughs> um, but yeah, if I think of a lineup of Alonso and Piastri, I think, oh my word, what a lineup that is! And then you think that next year potentially they could have a lineup of Ocon and Giovinazzi. I mean, biggest downgrade in F one history. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a massive shame. And and I wouldn't be surprised if Alpine then start to tail off. You know, they're fighting McLaren for, for P4 and the constructors at the moment. If they have that lineup. So many know. red flags as well at Alpine. Would you want to drive for them? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If you're if you're someone like Jack Doohan, absolutely. Oh probably. yeah. 100 uh, get me in that seat. But as Tommy says, unlikely that Alpine will make that junior move to the to the main seat. Right, moving away from Alpine. Um shenanigans and disasters that are going on over there as we say hungara ring uh, that's where they're doing the test in last year's car uh, we now move to some ferrari news and they've announced that robert schwartzman is going to be driving in fp1 uh, for the us grand prix and that's the first time ferrari have ever put 
a rookie in a car. Is that correct? Yes, because they, well, they have to. Um, yeah, they have been forced to. They have literally, uh, it is a rule. If you don't know, because I saw a lot of people replying to the initial tweet going, oh, this shows that Ferrari have just given up on the air. It's like, no, it is a mandatory rule this year that you have to put young drivers in FP1 in both cars. And not many people have done it yet. <laughs> There's only six races to go. Do you feel like maybe the last race of the season will just be it's all a rookies. litter yeah. of rookies that, you know, and that's the thing. You had, for example, like Nick DeVries being asked to do it in more than one team and being dragged around. You wonder if there's a lot of conversations going on where there's not enough rookies to to go around for, for all the teams. Yeah, I've got I've got the full list here. So if you think there's only six races to go and every team has to not just have one, but two times uh, each year. So they replace both drivers. So Mercedes have done it once uh, where Nick DeVries replaced Hamilton in France. Red Bull have done it once where Perez was replaced by Vips in Spain. Ferrari haven't done it yet, but we know uh, Schwarzman will be in, in America. Don't know who replacing yet. McLaren haven't done it yet. Alpine haven't done one yet. Uh, they were going to have, think, pi- they're gonna have Piastri. Awkward. You think Alpine would hurry that up if they're trying to like just get yeah. doing in the car or something and yeah, just see how he have does? Yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that was going to be Piastri for a, a few after the summer break, but nope. Um, which is another thing. If he wasn't getting the start before the summer break, no wonder he decided to jog off to McLaren if he's like, where's my FP1 seat? Mm. Uh, anyway, Aston Martin have only done it once with Nick DeVries uh, last time out. Can you uh, do Alpha it with the Tauri. same driver? Yeah, twice? yeah, you can, yeah. Okay. Um, so... DeVries for every team. Um, Alpha <laughs> Alpha Tauri, uh, Belgian Grand Prix replaced Pierre Gasly. Alpha Romeo haven't done it yet because they like to put Robert Kubica in for like five or six uh, things and he doesn't qualify because he's, he's done a, nearly 100 races. And uh, Williams have actually, uh, will have done it because Nick DeVries did Spain replacing Alban and Logan Sargent will be replacing Latifi in America. Oh, and sorry, there's also Haas who haven't done it because they put Giovinazzi in who doesn't qualify. It really is going to be Abu Dhabi and it's just going to be all rookie, both cars, the whole grid. We're going to see the young driver test in the <laughs> actual Grand Prix In FP1, yeah. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> what is, what's the penalty if a team don't do it? Uh, don't know. Disqualification. Disqualified from the World Championship. Oh, maybe that's how Max will that's, lose the championship. That's how Max will lose the title. Yeah, they've not. He's not done it yet. You just this know is... Ferrari were winning, they'd forget, and that's how Ferrari would lose it. <laughs> oh, oh, good stuff. Right. Yeah. So Robert Schwartzman, uh, is that exciting? I don't know. I feel like he's uh, taken quite a few years to really do anything in Formula Two. Of course, he was kind of fighting, wasn't he? Schumacher and Eilat for the title, but that... I thought he was. I thought he was quite exciting early on. Yeah. Same. And. It's, it's strange that he's, well, I guess it's Ferrari giving him the seat. Um, but if you'd have asked me this in 2020, I'd have been like, yes. Because he won he won the Formula 3 title. And then in 2020, he finished fourth in the title as a rookie, uh, alongside, obviously, um, the year that Schumacher won it. When I think... I think Schwartzman was really impressive that season. He was a bit, had a bit of bad luck. And I think he would have got the seat personally if his, if Mick Schumacher's surname wasn't Schumacher. But um, I thought he was the better driver. But unfortunately, that was 2020. It's now the end of 2022. 
and I think it's a shame that his career never uh, hasn't gone the way uh, I thought it would because he looked like a really promising prospect. Um, but I'd be amazed unless he rocks up and tops FB1 by 40 seconds that he's ever going to really get a Formula 1 seat. Yeah, me neither. Uh, it is a shame, as you say. He was impressive uh, to begin with, but just tailed off. And I think if he'd won that Formula 2 title, maybe he would have got the the seat over Schumacher, but with Schumacher's surname as well. Because it did always seem like Schwartzman was the one trying to be fast-tracked by Ferrari all the way through to to get a seat, at, at least at Haas. He was in the you know, he was in a lot of discussions yeah. and rumours about moving to Haas, but it, it never happened. Right, one final thing we need to reflect on, and it was Monza. Uh, there was a lot of fan experiences. If you've seen our YouTube video, you'll know exactly what we're talking about, where Monza was an absolute disgrace for fans. Awful. I've seen so many comments saying it was the worst motorsport experience potentially even experience in general going to an event that they've ever had uh, now monza have put out a statement which i'm going to read to you right now autodromo national monza expresses its regret for the inconvenience of those who among the many fans who flocked to the last italian gp encountered some inconveniences no. the structure no, the statement first, yeah, the, structure, <laughs> the structure and its people put their best efforts <laughs> to create an event that surpassed all previous attendance records. For Autodromo Nacional Monza, the experience of the fans is a priority aspect. That's BS. And for this reason, a rigorous verification has been started, also with the partners, to ascertain and investigate the origin of any critical issues and take the consequent measures so that this does not happen again in the future. I'm sorry, but that is a ridiculously pathetic excuse for a uh, an apology like if you if you actually looked at what the infrastructure was that they put in place for an extra 100,000 people 170 so i think it was 170,000 extra people that they knew they knew from day one that that was going to be that that's like fire festival type vibes you know what i mean like people were queuing for hours to get water there were 20 to 30 minute queues for toilets. There was like everywhere you went, there was queues. They had to a token system in place so they can control the prices where you all had to queue up massively long, one or two hours potentially to get tokens. You then had to join another queue to buy food and drink. People were having their bottles of water confiscated from them as they entered the the arena, the venue. I think it was, it was advertised they could bring in anything under a litre, but they had... <laughs> people being taken Joking off them, it. anything over 500 mil, I think it was. They had to have the bottle caps taken off. Uh, people were having their power banks confiscated, which makes absolutely no sense. Well, actually, it does, because the reason they take it off them it's is so because official branded them, ones, yeah. They can hire them, rent them, buy them, whatever, in the venue. Like, the treatment that's of fans at Monza sounds like it was absolutely awful. And, and that's one of the reasons why we made uh, that video, is that, there's no way they've done this event and gone, oh, oh, yeah, no, wow, wow, we didn't expect that many people. They ticketed. They know how many people are turning up. You could see, for example, entrances. I saw someone say it took them six hours to get to their seat from where they joined the circuits. They missed pretty much everything. There was so many people, and they had like six turnstiles for people to scan their tickets through and stuff. And you just go in. You knew from the get-go that this would have been terrible. Yeah, I've all I see on TikTok is people posting their experiences of it at the moment. The 
it shows that it's not just maybe like one tweet that's gone viral. Every time I go on TikTok, I'll see another video from a fan at Monza that's just like, this was my experience documenting it, going, look, couldn't see, queued six hours for water, ended up just watching it in the fan zone, but the TV was broken anyway. It sounds absolutely awful. I mean, I'm going to show my age here because uh, people think I'm 20, but I'm actually, yeah, boomer alert. Here we go. But when I went to Formula One as a, as a kid uh, with my dad, uh, in sort of like mid two thousands uh era, the general admission, like old school circuits, have general admission, right? That it's always been that way. And I remember going to Monaco uh, and like Monza and stuff with my dad, and we had to get there at seven o'clock in the morning. And to get a good view, you had to stand at the front and. A lot of the time, you couldn't really leave because you'd lose your spot. The problem is, it's all right saying that that's the case, but back then, there wasn't an extra 150,000 people. So even if you did turn up a little later, you could um, you could still see the track. Or you know, we were allowed to take a cool box in with loads of water and refreshments, and we could sit there all day, and it wasn't quite such a slog. It shouldn't be a case where you have to get there at six in the morning, you're not allowed any water. So as soon as you leave, you lose your spot and you don't, because uh, you, you, you need to have a drink at some point during the day. It's really hot as well. Um, and y- you can't just sell tickets to a circuit and go, yeah, we'll probably get this many people in. And then one of the bits where you stand to watch is behind a grandstand. It's it's absolutely ridiculous, and yeah, it's it's awful that there's there's no statement from Formula One themselves, but Monza, this is the thing. It all comes on the circuits that that have to do it, and they've sold all these tickets because of F one's booming popularity, and they can't can't cope with it, and they've not done enough enough either. And this statement, just calling it an inconvenience, is an absolute joke because I know people that have paid an app like a small fortune that that was their holiday and their dream to go to monza and it just sounds like the it does it sounds like fire festival it sounds like an absolutely awful experience because you pay all that money for a ticket and you can't even see anything you do wonder if there's a a hidden agenda here where formula one go well monza you aren't capable of hosting this grand prix we'll go and have another one in america because if the infrastructure is in place, it's absolutely possible. Silverstone, for example, yeah, it was busy, but it was manageable and you didn't feel like you couldn't get food or drink anywhere or, or stuff like that. It was ca- capable of, of hosting record attendance and all that good stuff. But Monza mm. have just kept the same infrastructure. They've like, they're relying on fans to build log like piles of logs yeah to see stand on the logs to see over the barrier as you say there was a grandstand i think it was a general admission viewing area which was on the main straight and it was behind a grandstand so all you could see was a pocket of a car going through and there's no screens either there's no screens for general admission so you can't you don't know what's going on that's what a lot of people said so a lot of people had to like a tannoy or anything or even no tannoy no 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 screens People had to resort to going to the fan zone and watching it on the screen with no commentary. Yeah. Like, ha- I, 
I also saw even even like small things. I saw someone today they'd posted uh, a video of the fan zone that was still being constructed, and it looked pretty crappy. Like still being constructed while it was while they were there, essentially. And they had the drivers' parade cars out, and just you know that um, really cheap uh, red and white ticker tape kind of to like yeah, yeah, yeah to stop you going in a certain area, just that around the cars. And you just think like it, it just screams on a budget, charging fans an extortionate rate and doing it the cheapest possible thing, like not hiring security, not doing all this. And like you say, it fits Formula One that they can just go, yeah, Mons can't handle this. We'll just do another race that can. And the problem is that Formula One can just sit there, look at Monza's statement while Monza's getting all the blame and, and they can just go at the end of the year record formula one attendance we've made seven billion pounds in profit this year and you think great and all these you know these poor fans that um have essentially had a terrible time they need to start thinking about how they handle it rather than just going yeah formula one's really popular uh let's sell um and then just have a graphic on the screen that's how look how great the attendance is not not good, not good enough. And I particularly feel for Monza fans, I know there has been problems um, over the season as well at places like Barcelona and having to walk 40 minutes to the track and there's not been particular openings for on the where the circuit is. So you have to walk even further and massive queues. They were running out of water on Friday, things like that, where you just go, geez, you know, there needs to be a ramp up here. You can't just have a growth of a sport and expect everything to be exactly the same in terms of what you offer fans. Um, but I particularly feel for people in Monza because I know a lot of people were traveling to you know, tick off something on their bucket list, go to Monza, experience the Tifosi. And what they're being made to do is build log piles to stand on them, to have a little peer over to see, oh, that's a car. Don't know who that is, really. There's no screen, no idea what's going on. And they're paying more than they ever have before for Formula One tickets as well. So you're paying more, you're getting less. Not happy, not happy at all. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's a reflection on that. And uh, if you were one of those um, fans that that went, we are truly sorry that you had to experience that it really uh, does sound awful uh, and it's a shame because i've always wanted to go to monza as well as a fan and really enjoy it see you after, now, after it? seeing seeing these experiences you go well until they prove that there is better infrastructure in place you don't really want to go uh, so yeah tommy final thoughts i guess uh, the other thing is i've seen some stuff about silverstone yesterday as well having ticket yes, problems the and like, there's chaos there and Charging, charging extra for uh, tickets when people had already got them locked in place. And this is the thing, like Formula One themselves need to have some kind of meeting or something with the circuits to put in place the demand for the popularity because it's happened overnight and nothing's changed, especially in these old school circuits like Monza where nothing will have changed since the 90s, but you're going to have double the amount of people there and yeah something something needs to change so i do hope that formula one themselves say something but i'm not holding my breath me neither because i think we'd run out of air uh but there <laughs> you go um thank you everybody for listening to this little weekly uh news rant. <laughs> update slash rant 
Uh, of course, as we say, uh, no races for a couple of weeks, but we still will be here. We're going to be live on Twitch, I think, uh, early next week and and doing some things with you uh, over there as well. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for the next podcast, as always. And uh, hashtag WTF1 podcast if you want to get involved in the discussion or answer, ask any questions and leave us a five stars if you uh, thought that you were enjoying what you were hearing in your ears and <laughs> the voice notes that we're making. Uh, yeah, there you go. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye.